0: Goes With These Cats. Am I fucking this up? Yeah. <laughs> hi, you're listening to... Oh, crap, I forgot myself. Um, <laughs> hi, this is Christina Walkinshaw, and you're listening to
1: Anything Goes With Darren Frost and Kathleen and Dave on XM Lap Attack.
0: Yeah!
2: Call me. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Are you
3: ready for some laughs? Are you
2: Tonight we have a chance to say, yeah, you're right, we're too extreme, we're too wild, we're too out of control, we're too full of our own shit, or we have a chance to say, hey, fuck you, you're wrong, fuck you, we're right. bite the pillow it's going in dry this is anything goes with darren frost how
4: the fuck am i
2: funny dave martin what have we got here a fucking comedian and kathleen mcgee and i'll execute every motherfucking last one of you can you dig it
3: Hey there, everybody! Thank you for tuning in this week. Uh, good morning, good night, or good afternoon, or wherever you're listening to us from. Why are you shaking your head already, Darren? What no, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm oh, thinking about the same thing. Oh, that's how you think. Days. You yeah. think
4: but, by shaking my head to you. Yes. Yeah,
3: but okay, you just you. Have I'm a, thinking
4: tomorrow: groceries, eggs, bananas. You know. Okay. Right
3: all day. right. Okay. Well, welcome. Welcome to. Well, <laughs> it's so oh days. my God, we're so dysfunctional. And yes. then, then, Darren.
4: The only reason why we're dysfunctional is because
3: you're. Oh fuck you're It's not my. Oh, my fault. It's, it's, it's because of me. Holy we're, smokes! I'm the i the Daddy's genesis of today. Daddy is angry. I'm the genesis of all yes, things. you despite. are the Phil
4: Collins you. of this. For sure you are. Usually it is you. <laughs> Jesus.
3: I prefer the Peter Gabriel. I know of, you do. Okay, That's why yeah. I said that. The ones all that right. dig, ones cool. Well, this is uh, Anything Goes with uh, Darren Frost and Kathleen <laughs> McGee. How the fuck are you, Darren?
4: I am fucking <laughs> wonderful, David. Considering this is uh, Kathleen's last show, we're going out in style with that intro. Woo! Woo to the moon, baby! To the moon! <laughs> Uh, I spent the weekend in Ajax, Ontario. It was amazing. How was the fruit bowl. It was amazing. Bananas. <laughs> nice I love the fruit bowl.
1: I just go there to,
3: I just I look forward to stealing all the fruit that were that weekend.
4: And uh where were you, Dave? Uh, I was, uh, I, I was. Uh, where was I? I was nowhere. 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 I was nowhere. nowhere so you, yeah. can, you complained about it all week long. Anyway. <laughs> I was, in, I was in Kingston, Ontario. Kingston. All right. Well, to I make was. A man. I just Time got to back laugh. from Kingston a little yes, while ago. Yes, Dave. But, yeah.
1: We know you did Kingston before. Okay. All right.
4: <laughs> yeah. Uh, before we get into anything like uh, too uh, too big, I want to bring up this story. I, I still laugh about it. It was from a week ago. And uh, this is really up uh, your alley, Dave. Uh, A woman was accused of offering sex for McNuggets. Uh, Smells are free, but sexual favors might cost you your McNuggets. A woman in Los Angeles McDonald's allegedly offered customers sexual favors in exchange for their chicken bits. So she said she performed sex acts. According to the Burbank leader, uh, the paper didn't specify what acts was offered, but uh, police were called and uh, she was arrested on suspicion of prostitution.
3: Are you sure that she wasn't misquoted and she was just referring to her vagina as chicken bits? <laughs> she might have been. Okay, well, there's that to think of too. But my, say, my uh, first question is, what 12-step program is there to get off of McNuggets? That's right.
1: Sometimes I love McNuggets so much I would blow someone for some McNuggets. Right. And what the are, the, great, what the are great
3: those thing? times? Is one of them coming up now? <laughs> about three yeah. minutes.
4: I am actually hungry and I would like to go to McDonald's for some uh, Where
3: Nobody's going to McDonald's. The great
4: thing about it, if you get uh, offered sex acts for McNuggets, you know there's no dipping sauce required. That's the whole thing, right? Uh, you know that, right? <laughs> no dipping sauce required. None <laughs> you know? I actually was in a KFC and this actually happened. They ran out of chicken. They no. ran. Uh, yeah, they only sell fucking chicken. Did and They, they have ran skin left out of though? chicken. No, no skin. Just chicken. And I said to them, how long is it going to be? They said 40 minutes. I said, How long does it take to make the chicken? They said forty five minutes. Now, I don't expect mathematical skills of my KFC employees, but shouldn't they realize that the chicken hopper is half empty at some point and go, Yeah Gorgon must fill you know? Like it's not
1: rocket science. But it's fast food. I I mean I've never I worked at I guess I'm kind of a fa- well, it wasn't fast food, but I think if I worked at fast food, I wouldn't give a fuck either. <laughs> like honestly, yeah, everyone you, that works at those fast food restaurants is not getting paid enough to care
4: to look you at know? the hopper and see it's half empty. Yeah, they, fuck don't, that. they don't fucking care. Yeah, fuck you, fatty. You just want the skin. That's maybe what maybe saying. they thought
3: they had one of those magic uh, you know freezers where every time they closed it, it would just somehow magically you know uh, you know restock. <laughs> <specifications> <laughs> that's your apartment.
4: Yeah, that's Dave. your apartment in your
3: fridge. I fucking wish it was. Maybe the magic
1: restocker is his mom. If they <laughs> had and filling they, his fridge. Here, had, David.
3: All right. If they had a maybe he had a genie that was sort of like, I grant you one wish. Right. He's like, oh well, I'm not going to do the whole hacky wallet that a always voluptuous
4: has a uh, blonde-haired uh, insecure genie. Uh, Dave I think just I wants a going. never-ending
1: filled fridge. Yeah. Dave's mad because we're not letting him finish his corny jokes.
4: Yeah. <laughs> Go, Dave. Go. Nuts. Look at him.
1: He's getting angry. He's
4: angry already, like a corner, like a raccoon. <laughs> he, looks,
1: he looks like a cobra over there, ready to strike. <laughs>
4: Dave. Okay, go
3: on. But I, I had a. But if, that I was trying. to What did from. you
1: ever work in fast food?
3: Never. No. Well, I worked at a movie theater that was sort of like yeah, popcorn and we had to and buy. So. We had to be behind the counter, but I wouldn't. Uh, I I just, I don't know. For some reason, I never looked at that as an option, you know?
1: Yeah, I I worked at restaurants, but never, like, fast food. I I worked at a movie,
4: never fast food, but I saw someone get fired at a fast food restaurant. It was pretty funny. Yeah.
1: What happened? Just
4: they fucked up someone's order, and I guess it was just happening too often. They're like, just go home! (laughs) And the guy's like, do I still get my meal? Like, no, you know, just go home! I've
1: been fired before, once before. I was, like, working at a call center for, like, an American department store in Edmonton, and we had to tell the Americans that we were north of Dallas. When they called in because they didn't want us to say we were Canadian because, you know, Americans can sometimes get angry if it's not American employees. Right. But
3: (laughs) I want to be harassed on the phone by an American.
1: But I remember (laughs) it's kind of weird because I actually did quit a week before I was fired, but I was doing my my two weeks. Right. And uh, I had just got a new boyfriend and he was from out of town and he flew in that weekend and I called in sick. and I wasn't sick. I was riding cock.
4: Oh, that <laughs> was a cure for your sickness. <laughs> but a little then, bit of semen.
1: But then I guess the next the next day, I I, w- I was talking to my friend. I'm like, oh, I was having sex all weekend. Blah blah blah. And I guess one of the somebody told on me, and then they took us all down. They're like, we're gonna have a group meeting, and we started walking towards the the meeting room. And then HR people were like, Hey, Kathleen, can we talk to you for a second? <laughs> and I'm like, Yeah, sure, because everybody loved me at this call center. Yeah. So I'm like. I'm like, I already quit. Nothing bad will ever happen to me. And then they walk me in. And they're like, so how are you feeling? I'm like, oh, fine. And they're like, you called in sick on Saturday. And I was like, yeah. And they're like, were you sick? And I, I'm a terrible when liar. I'm, t- yeah, I'm a terrible putting. I can't lie. And I couldn't do it. And I was like, no, not really. And they're like, oh, okay, well, you can pack your things because your two weeks is over now. But I but actually, I still got paid for everything. Right? Like it was it was actually awesome. But I was so devastated because everybody there loved me. And when people found out that I got fired, there was like an uproar. So I kind of felt
4: a little good. But have you ever been fired Dave? Oh yeah. Of course I knew that I, I used to work
3: at uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. In, in Tor- oh yeah. in in Toronto in Toronto they have a uh, amusement park on the Toronto Island. And uh, so I So You
4: were one of those guys a Carney there. I well, not a
3: car, a Carney travels. I was just I worked the uh, right, amusement park. Right, Carney travels. Get Sorry, you, get your I shit. Got, together, I gotta get my man. shit together. You're yeah, right. Exactly. Sorry. Right. Come on. Yeah. Um, and, you And swam to the the island every day. No, you, you, had, you had to take you had to take a ferry over <laughs> right, there. That's back traveling. And forth, but okay. And, All right. <laughs> well, no, it's not. No, <laughs> just I can, tell your story. Well, I'm trying to, but then Darren keeps on breaking down everything, uh, the conditions of my uh, fucking. Uh, tell employment. your story. Now, well, okay. <laughs> Anyways, so basically, uh, I was there for one season, one summer, and then when I went to go back to work there again for a second summer, uh, the first uh, first year you're there, you learn how to work and operate every ride, right? Right. And then the second year that you work there, you're either you either become a foreman of a ride, so you work uh, one ride for the entire season, and if you're there for the second, and then also people are there to relieve the foreman, the people that were there the year before, and to, so because you already know all the rides, right? right. And so basically, all the foremen got together together and uh, told the big boss man that nobody felt safe while I was alone <laughs> at the ride <laughs> And
4: uh, there I, were there were
3: kids involved, and I would. Um, I would were you staring
4: I, at children, or I, uh, no? Sometimes
3: I would be hungover, and I would give people these <laughs> like very long rides on the fa- on the uh, the carousel, and I would just be sort of spinning around on the outside of the carousel, you know, feeling the uh, you know the breeze Effects. in my face. Yeah. You know, it was great. And then what pissed me off the most was that I had to go from the Toronto mainland, take a fucking ferry over there, yeah. get into uniform, and then we stood by uh, the area where everyone gets their rides assigned. To them, and then I remember showing up and being in uniform and hanging around with everyone else. I can remember looking around, going, "Hey, wow, there's a lot of new employees around. What's uh, what's the new hiring going on here?" <laughs> and then the big boss guy was like, uh, "Dave, uh, I want to talk to you after I uh, hand out all the uh, placements for today." And then he told me I was fired. Then I was more pissed that you know you could have called me at home and told me I was fired. Yeah, Why don't come on the fuck that I have to fairy. come yeah. Today? yeah.
1: Can I tell you something? I know I I would have fired Dave because I he told me once that when he used to work, he goes. He used to help the moms out of the train and grab their tits. I didn't do
3: that. I just, yes, you... you
1: did. You said you did that. Oh, yeah.
3: yeah. No, I didn't grab their tits. My, yeah, you my, said this is how it is. My would... fingertips would brush against their breasts as I helped well, them out. That's grabbing of the, uh, their tits, No, not grabbing. Get your shit together. <laughs> no. I may not
4: know what a carny is, but I know what fucking hand rape is, and that's fucking that's, hand okay, rape.
3: Okay, all right. Well, no, but there's a difference between grabbing a piece of
4: cake and then just putting your finger in the ice. And... Oh, yeah. So of course, there is officer. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. <laughs> a... I love how you always analog- it's yeah. a food use analogy. food analogies yeah. for Food analogy for sex. Oh yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I just finger banged the cake. I didn't put it in my mouth.
3: Well, I always, I always said that uh, I sometimes enjoy uh, eating more than sex because I've never had to apologize to a sandwich
4: have you gotten fired I've never been fired but I quit in style once which I consider the same thing I was uh, beginning my comedy career I was working an advertising job and I hated it I hated my life and so this is like 95 94 95 I was at a Christmas party I was hammered you know I don't drink there's reasons why I don't drink but I was hating my life I'm drunk and they had this like draw for some like basket of fruit and cheese and they're like oh Darren's a stand-up comic we'll get him to do it in front of all the employees I'm like no I'm hammered this isn't gonna go well ah oh, you can do it come on Darren You're funny?" I'm like, no, I'm telling you, I cannot be held responsible don't worry about it. We're all adults here. So I'm like, fine. So I draw this draw off this bucket of cheese and fruit. That was <laughs> no, a bucket. Or whatever it was. It was like a basket. It was big. And this woman jumps up and freaks out. Like she like she just won like a fucking lottery. Like she's never won anything in her whole life. She's cr- running to the stage almost crying. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm hammered. And I go, what's the big deal? It's a big bowl of cheese. Have a nice bowel movement and blow me for fuck's sakes. I said that on the microphone at the Christmas party in front of hundreds of employees. Now there was four different sections to this place. The one I worked in, they all laughed. One I used to work in, they all laughed. The two who didn't know I was fucking shrieked in horror. Like, oh my god, how can you say blow me? She was cheese, and she was a woman. That's terrible. So I get hammered. I dance to fucking, you know, stroke it or whatever. You shook me all night long. Horseshit songs. (laughs) And then the next Monday, Monday morning comes along. I'm still hungover. I get there 10 minutes early. My boss's desk is across from mine. We look at each other. He just sits down. He shakes his head. And I'm sitting there. And my boss's boss came in. He goes, office now. You, Waldy. That's my boss. We both know where this is going. He sits down. And he goes, "Uh, when you are at a Christmas party and you are on a microphone representing me, don't you ever say, blow me, and he's punching the desk while he's doing it, blow me, or bite me, or fuck me, or suck me. He had like nine different ways of saying it, and I just went, uh, I quit. Oh, uh, well, I quit, you, you... and then he goes, whoa, 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 no, 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 no. I said, no, I quit. I'm, I'm leaving in June. I'm going to Europe for four months to change my life. It's January now. I'm giving you this much notice. I quit. I quit. I'm gone. I'm done. Oh, no, hey, maybe we can work something out. No, I fucking quit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just—I
3: I, just—that uh, should be a very, very valuable lesson. Uh, and we—we got to go to break. And we yeah. gotta, we're going to be coming back with James B. But anytime you ask a stand-up comic uh, to do something, <gasps> oh, and, yeah. they, and they don't want to do it, make that is there's that's because there's, there's a reason, right? There's something inside every comic that says I can do this and I can't do that. Yes. And then there's that other part of uh, a stand-up comic that will say, you know what, I can do this, but it's not going to turn out well. So just have the faith in the comic to know what he can and can't do, and then just get some other asshole. We'll do
4: it. When we come back after the uh, the break, we're going to be interviewing uh, James B, uh, a very uh, very funny man. He's a, a conductor, a musician. He, I would also consider him a, almost like a, a not a comedian, but a, a comic entertainer. Uh, he's back after the break, and then when we come back on the final segment, uh, I'm going to tell another uh, little funny story about Jobs. And, I'm going to tell another funny story. Yeah, <laughs> well, we'll be, we'll <laughs> be, we'll this be the judge of that. I like that one. I okay. like that one. All right. So uh, we're back with James B. So stay there.
2: Don't touch that dial. It was molested and it brings back horrible memories. This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost, Dave Martin, and Kathleen McGee.
3: Hey, it's Damon Schritter, and you're listening to Anything Goes on Laugh Attack.
2: Get that shit out of your ears and put this shit in. This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost, Dave Martin, and Kathleen McGee.
4: Hey, we're back. And in the studio, our special guest this week, uh, James B. is here. And I wanted to go all Gian Gameshi and Q and look up the Wikipedia and read three or four paragraphs. But I know just throughout the interview, we'll be touching on all these things. Uh, he has a brand new band called Bonsai Suzuki. And James B. is with us today. How are you doing, James? I
0: am very, very good. Thanks for having me, per yeah, se. That's
4: great. Uh, you know, I, I remember the first time I met you, I think, was through a stand-up show that Mark Breslin put on. And I think you were doing some the band leading at the time. And one of the reasons I wanted you to come in is, of course, you've got a great knowledge of stand-up and, and jazz and, and other things. But for a comedian to be tied to comedy is one thing. But for a, a musician to be tied to comedy so much throughout their career is very interesting to me. When was the first time you worked with stand-up as like, kind of like a band leader type
0: thing? Well, I always liked stand-up. And I, I did a little bit of amateur stuff up north. There was a Yuck Yucks up in North Bay. But it was probably when I came down here and I started a nightclub called The Beehive. And the Beehive was a bit of a freak place. It's now called the Velvet Underground. Right. And we had comedy one night of the week. And you know how media is. Somebody was out to get Mark Breslin, so they put a big picture of me in the paper and a tiny <laughs> one of Mark Breslin sitting on a toilet. Right. Uh, now, the picture of Mark Breslin Jeez. sitting on the toilet was actually a promo shot he took himself, and he loves the shot. Yeah, I know the one. yeah. right? Yeah, I've seen so, it. We've so, all seen that. But they yeah. have this big picture of me, and it says there's a new king of comedy in town. So when I saw the article, I went, that was not at all what the interview was about. So right. I called up Mark, and I said, uh, we've got a few mutual friends who say you're a cool guy, and I just want to let you know I am not the new king of comedy. I love comedy. I'm booking comedians one night a week in my club. Uh, But I had nothing to do with that story, and I never talked about comedy more than five minutes. Right. And he said... That sounds great. We should have lunch. So we immediately went out for ha- to have to have lunch, and he had the People's Comedy Festival.
3: I do remember that. Yes.
0: So that yeah. In fact, you were there back in the day, Dave. Martin. I, well,
3: I would no. I I don't know if I not was in the there. festival, I, but in the, 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 I, in the parties. I was around yes, the yes. early days of,
0: uh, of, mm-hmm. of uh, a
3: party slug, crazy. Call yes. Me, yes. So
0: so anyway, when when I did this, uh, all of a sudden it was with Jim Carrey and Judy Chanuda and Harlan Williams and all these different comedians, and we were their backup bands. Yeah. So that was the, that's where it started. Was through Breslin and a couple of comedy festivals and. and And a great memory was Jim Carrey. He wanted to do a song at the gig, and he had just flown into town, and we immediately started writing a song with him, uh, you know, in the sound check. And he did it, and it was a big hit, and then he said he wanted to go in the studio. So we went into the studio with him and recorded his uh, Vegas act. So he had backing tracks and stuff.
3: Oh, that's wild. And and that was... uh... Because I know Rodney Dangerfield saw him when he was up here, and then Rodney Dangerfield took him down to Vegas to open up for him in, in clubs down there.
0: Yep. he uh, Jim, well, this was Jim was already do, he had just done the mask.
3: Oh, okay. All right. So So he was just becoming the Jim Carrey.
0: Yeah. What was it? Duck Factory or something? It was just after that. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So on NBC, yep. Licking licking his TV wounds and jumping into the movie business, which was a good move.
3: That was one of the big fuck-ups in television because Jim Carrey was the straight man in this sitcom. (laughs) Yes. And they had all these wacky, crazy people around him. And it was one of those sitcoms where Jim Carrey had to react to crazy people. And somehow someone fucked up and said... No, Jim Carrey is, is eventually would become the crazy guy that everyone else sort of. Reacts and then to.
0: later become Jimmy Stewart again. So yes. it, it all comes in full circle. Right.
3: Exactly. Uh, now, uh, yeah, Darren was talking about uh, the sort of the connection that you have with uh, stand-up comedy, and I was. Because Darren always talks about stories about how uh, like a lot of metal, like heavy metal bands are big fans of comedy and they'll watch sort of uh, that, uh, you know, like DVDs and stuff in their tour Mm -hmm. buses and stuff on the road. Well, uh, my
0: original band, Look People, was a mixture of jazz, funk and metal or something. It was just a bit of everything. Uh, And it wasn't until I started doing big band music that I realized, oh. It's still happening. Right. We're still playing for all these uh, awards and festivals and and backing them up, but we'll never do jazz straight. Mm-hmm. There will always be something really really gay about it. Or yeah. well, no, a little <laughs> bit bent, let's right. just say that. Yeah. Right. Okay. It'll be something special. <laughs> and if I say gay, I do mean in a good way. Yes, right. of course. <laughs> okay. hey. Hey.
1: So I don't even really know you, but I have heard a lot about you. I don't know you either. What are you doing in the studio? I know, I'm, I'm a nobody, <laughs> and I don't mean it like that, but I know of you. I've heard a lot of amazing things about you, and the one thing that I've heard from a lot of people is you have amazing parties.
0: I. That's my life. You brought fucking gazoos
1: into the studio. I. gazoo,
0: yep. We just... <laughs> Yeah, I like that very much. Uh, we just did New Year's Eve, and bring out Andrea Martin uh, with our band, we gave Kazoos out to the audience, too, and so she'd come out, and we'd all be going,
2: Hey!
0: <laughs> and she liked it very, very much. Um, yeah, Bonsai Suzuki. I love kazoos and I love throwing parties. Yeah, I kind of mix them up whenever I can. What's you, your
1: favorite party that you've ever thrown? You have to have one that was like was leg- has to be legendary. Yes, it
0: was uh, two nights ago.
1: Really? Well, the <laughs> reason is it's the most
0: recent and it's the one I remember the best. Right. It was crazy though. I had four saxophone players up in the one loft. I had a girl in a jacuzzi bubble bath in the other. I got these silk ropes that some girls can do some gymnastics while someone's playing the piano. A whole bunch of singers, a couple of guitar players, Big roots. Jake emptied a bottle of scotch before he started singing, as of he is course, known to do. Nice. And a really funny guy. He, he only sang his dirtiest songs. And uh, this was one of those parties where just everything felt like, and everybody walks out going, This should be on the internet. This should be. <laughs> I'm like, Yeah, but then I have to work. Right. Then someone has to pay me lots of money. This way right. I just throw booze at my friends. You did, you, you did a <laughs> book called
3: like uh, Cocktail, uh, Cocktail Parties for Dummies. Yeah. And, uh, and, and that was a fun
0: tour. <laughs> touring, l- touring the U.S. I had, to, uh, I had to host a cocktail party for various radio stations across the, uh, North America, Canada too. And uh, I had to, uh, at night, this was really weird though, because I do the morning show interview right. talking about what I was going to do. That night for the mm-hmm. radio station. Then I would go around to the ra- record shops and bookshops because I had a book out at the same time and a record out. And I'm running around doing a million meetings and then go host a party all night long, <laughs> drink my face off, get back to the hotel at one in the morning, sleep, get up at six, get on a plane, go an hour away, like New York to Connecticut or whatever, yeah. and, and then go in the morning show and do it all again. So I did that for three weeks. And my, my liver is invincible. Oh, Goodness. That's amazing. I'm, I swear, I swear the other, I only have a little Irish in me, but I it's it's doing real good. Why
1: aren't we best friends? <laughs> Seriously. Like, <laughs> like this is
0: like my this is my like
1: dream life going to parties with ladies and tubs.
0: Cocktail parties for dummies. I should tell you, there's a there was one chapter cuz you know, I wrote all these Things about the fun, the most great parties, the funnest things I've ever done. And the guy said, you know, we want to hear about some of the things that didn't work. Right. Well,
1: so what's one thing that didn't work? Well,
0: I had this bright idea to have helium balloons with fishing line and these perfect jumbo cocktail shrimp. So a uh, girl would go around with just a giant uh, martini glass of, of sauce, of the dip, and you would just pull, lift your hand up in the ceiling, pull it down, eat it, and then let it go and go back <laughs> up again. Now, it's great because there's yeah. no fuss, no muss, and it's tall enough, like you'd have to be really tall to get a, a shrimp. In the head. So it wasn't it wasn't a problem. Uh, but there was a problem. The the staging, there was a lot of lighting in the room.
1: Oh gross. And it smelt
0: like Kensington <laughs> Market in the summer. Oh, oh, hot, hot oh, day. Yeah. Shrimp skin. Or an in indigo girls sky. concert. Yeah. yeah. So so that's where great idea going into the party. A yeah. couple of hours afterwards, not so good. Have you ever done a wedding? I've only done two weddings. They both didn't end well. Um, Why? Well, because the, the wedding couple are super hip. One was in New York, one was in Toronto. Super hip couples. The couple here wanted to be married at a private mansion in Witchwood Park with blah, 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 and lots of great Poupon. And so we get there and we're doing our show, and it's great and we're having fun, and I'm being way Newton ironic, and, you know, it's just being a wacky time. And uh, someone's granny came up and wanted to hear her In the Mood. And I explained that there's an 18-piece band here and we have yeah. charts for specific songs and I couldn't just call out a song because they wouldn't all know to play it in the same right. key in the same right. way. Right. And you're trying to explain this to a 90-year-old woman who puts on a record and just hears it yeah. And, yeah. and doesn't understand how these things are done so it, she cried and she, made, well, an she made a scene. Crying. Yeah, yeah. You, it's, yeah.
4: Like, it's like no different than stand-up. Like I don't play 40th birthday parties anymore because the person who turns 40 may love me but that doesn't mean all his family yeah. and friends do so I don't want to fuck up that event for I, them. I, I have
0: one for you. Uh, okay. uh, Jason Rouse did a private party and the president was with the Salvation Army. Oh, there we <laughs> go. Oh, wow.
4: That's amazing. Yeah. You, oh, I, I... They, they found something else to put in their stocking that, that year. Was,
0: yes, that was fraught with folly. Yeah. Whoever booked that one. That's
1: yeah. hilarious. Oh my God. Well, you got
3: to know your audiences too. So Those like that, like you said, you can't uh, make uh, everybody happy all the time,
0: right? If you're throwing a party for a celebrity, you want to have an inner sanctum where they can get away, right? Right, because right. and it seems like almost the, most, the more outgoing you think the person would be. The less outgoing they are. Mm-hmm. Right? So, like Weird Al Yankovic is a nice quiet man. Tom Hanks wants to hide in the corner. Mike Myers doesn't really want to be the center of attention except when he's in a movie. So, yeah. you have to, if you're throwing a party for a celebrity, you have to think about a lot more things than if it's for your buddies. So, I probably, that's probably why I love throwing a party that I'm throwing. Yeah. Because whatever right. happens, happens. Yeah, whatever your, bad your jokes are told. Yeah. Exactly. And, and now, you did, did you throw one for Weird Al? I did. In fact, the first time I met Al and, you know. I love Weird Al. I was a fan of his music. This was way back. I was a fan of his music, but I did think anyone could do it. And when I met him. First thing he says, I said I'm a huge fan. He goes, "Oh, come on! Anyone can do this." And I went, "Oh, no! I really (laughs) like him. Damn!" (laughs) Yeah. So I, I supplied the the uh, Mrs. Potato Head. He needed two girls with great legs who could dance just a little to wear uh, Mr. Potato Head costumes. Right. And uh, might as well face it, you're addicted to spuds. So I, (laughs) he met those girls at a party I threw for him, and uh, one of them he dated for quite a while. Right. Come up to Toronto to hang out with her.
3: Well, see, anytime that someone would like hack on Weird Al or something like that, I'd always say, "Like, there's only one Weird." Weird Al. Oh, not
0: only this, and that person never saw him in concert. This you know guy is so giving. That rock band kicks butt. Yeah, Weird I've Al. Heard so
1: many people say that they saw Weird Al and they said it's one of the best live. music I went as an obligation
0: because I was working for the festival and I was seeing a, as much as I could. Right, and I did like him, but I, I mean, but it was. A, I thought it was a guilty pleasure, and I didn't want people. You know, when you're 22 or whatever, yeah. to yeah, know that yeah. you're into Weird Al. <laughs> and and the thing is, as soon as I saw him, I've been testifying ever since. Yeah, saying you have to. To see this man live?
3: No, I, I've seen him once before uh, live, and he's he's also one of those people that you, when he starts playing, you're like, holy shit, that's his song, and that's his song, yeah. And you right. forget because I mean, there's always the you know everyone you know another one rides the bus. Yeah. And- great
0: musician, great dancer, and he brings it out here at Massey Hall. That was one of the best shows I've ever seen at Massey Hall, and And I've seen a lot of great jazz shows there. That was
1: a long, long show, too, It
0: was a really long show. And And at the end, he brought out all all the Star Trek stormtroopers that did this number, and I went, how much money does this guy have? Yeah. Uh, This is huge. I
4: actually turned down opening, I think, that show... Cause they, someone called me and asked me to open, and I said, you know what, I, I just, I don't think what I do is for the Weird Al Yankovic crowd.
0: You're right. As much as I love him, and I, and I really like all you guys. Your, your comedy is great, but yeah, the, the, the fit for that is, pretty. Yeah, like I don't, Somewhere between Darren Frost and Alan Park, there's someone who can do that. But Maybe. you don't want to be too political, and you certainly yeah. don't want to yeah. be too raunchy. It's right. a very family-oriented. Yeah, crowd. and there's like
4: young people Like that's my whole thing. I've got a, you know, no one under eighteen. It's like I don't care what the rules of the venue is. I just don't like performing to it. But
0: although in my reality, Gilbert Godfrey opens for Weird Al, and everybody loves everything. Oh. really? Okay. I, <laughs> Gilbert
1: Godfrey is one of the comedians that shocked me because I went to go see him, and I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to like him very much, but he's really. Oh, he's funny. My dad
0: repeats his jokes. At Christmas parties, dinner parties, tons of neighbors around. Uh, just the other day, and, I, and my dad wrote this one, but but just the other day, a guy got up from our from a couch to go to the kitchen, and he let go a ripper. He let go, hold on, I probably have that sound. Uh, is it this one? No, maybe. No, it's not that one. I'm going to find it. No, no, there's a sound here that's going to. That's the one. There we go. It, but bigger and richer. Yeah. And as he passed by my dad, my dad turns to the guy beside him and says, and they say he never remarried. <laughs> <laughs> now, it's really inappropriate, but he he loves the Gilbert Godfrey jokes. Oh, yeah. that
1: was yeah. Gilbert Godfrey is is. Incredible. He doesn't tell them
0: like Gilbert Godfrey. Thank God. Right. Yeah. yeah we don't want need more than one voice yeah, like yeah, that yeah. in the world. But
3: now, how do you do you believe that there's been a, a, a resurgence of jazz music? Because you you're on Toronto radio uh, oh, as uh, Jazz, oh, FM. Uh, jazz yeah, FM, yeah, Jazz FM, here's here's FM. FM. But
0: here's the thing with with jazz and comedy, we are so similar. Everybody bitches that there's right. no work. Yep. Yeah. But yep. there's work everywhere. Yes. It just doesn't pay much. And the stuff that does pay, you have to go find. Right. Right. So so it's very similar. The comedy scene here, there are so many little clubs with comedy everywhere. There's so much sketch, so much stand up. It's awesome. It's just hard to get paid. Yes. Exactly. And jazz is exactly the same. We have more clubs than we've ever had. We used to have a couple of big ones. Right. So I mean, I mean, this city still has some big comedy clubs. Yeah. But but when it comes to, you know, the top of the senator, the Montreal Bistro, a lot of these places close down. So we don't have a jazz club that's seven days a week, mm-hmm. except for the Rex and maybe Gate 403. But but there's a ton of clubs that do jazz one, two, or three nights a week. Exactly. And any given night, there's 20 great places for live jazz in the city.
3: Now, I know, like a, a lot of uh, comedians will hack on other comedians because they feel like they're just, uh, you know, scraping the bottom of the barrel as far, you know, trying to appeal to, you know, the dumb audiences. Do, but but do, they, jazz... do
0: they name names here? Do comedians actually say I hate that guy, yes. or do they just? Oh, yes. That's I think that's healthy. Well, I'm, I think that's the only thing here in Toronto. We're so nice, italicized. We're oh, we got to get over our Swissness. Well, you're right? nice to
1: people's faces behind their back, like ah oh, fuck no, that. No. Yeah, yeah,
0: no, but you should be right up in, in people's faces saying, you know. For an example, I don't I don't have a specific jazz musician who I can name that did this, but a few young musicians have gone into a club, right? undercut a band that's been playing there for four years every Thursday night in some club. Some band will come in and say, "Oh, yeah, but we'll do it for three hundred bucks." Yeah, right. We're gonna make we're gonna make fifty bucks each. Why are you paying them one hundred twenty five bucks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And these are people with payments. (laughs) They got they got lives, right? And they and they know how how to play. And a lot of clubs non-reputable people trying things out will just go for the cheapskate. Exactly. The cheapskate doesn't deliver the people. All the friends come out in the first gig and then that's, that's the it. end of that. Yeah. And they don't play well enough to attract a real jazz audience. So sometimes the young groups that are desperate for money actually step all over things and don't realize really what they're doing.
1: Same in comedy, like that happens all the time in comedy and it's just like you know, you get what you pay for. If a club wants to only have a $100 budget for their show or a $50 bar tab, you're going to get shit comedians showing up. If you want to actually put a little bit of a budget behind it and even have maybe $100 for a headliner to come in, then you're going to get good Comics coming in because on a Tuesday night, if you offer a headliner in town a hundred bucks, they'll come now and do I, it.
0: Now I've, I've owned a club, so I can see both sides. The club guy's trying to say, Oh, dude, you've got to bring some people in. Yeah, yeah. I can't, I want to pay you, but you've right. got to bring some people in. But at the same time, if a club isn't going to do a little bit of a gamble, I mean, the guy's exactly. got a business, yeah, right. the guy's got sure. some kind of budget for light bulbs and extension cords, whatever. Do try this. Try it properly. Do it for two or three months, and put yourself put, put yourself out there and try it for real. And then you'll know if comedy or jazz uh, works in your venue. But you, you're, you're right. If you don't start at the top, if you yeah. don't, or at least the middle, you know you can't you can't just bring in the cheapest you, thing. Or say, yeah. well, my cousin loves music. He should book the room. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I got a funny uncle.
3: Now, <laughs> Give him the job booking yeah. the room. No, no, I mean, there's such a thing as, like, comics, comics that are, like, only comedians like, and uh, there's, like, a a small market for, like, a small audience that that will follow certain comics to certain venues. Yeah. Is is there a jazz musician's jazz
0: musician? There there certainly is a form of jazz, and unfortunately, most people, when they hear the word jazz, the first thing they think of is... (laughs) And, And so that would be a small pocket, but even a lot of jazz musicians... Don't want to go see that. They don't mind going to play it. It's kind of like a kazoo yeah. that they're obnoxious to listen to but fun to play. Yeah, as long as everybody's got one, right? We're was good to go. Also, the
1: original vibrator—you just like kind of stick it in and
0: because
1: that really well, You must be
0: really sensitive. Man. That's kind of hot. I think I'm going to have to get circumcised two or three more times before that does anything for me. <laughs> It's like cornflakes get <laughs> circumcised again for the first time.
4: Well, one of the other uh, things that uh, me and Dave were talking about before you came in is uh, he was telling me a lot about some of the charity events that you run and have done over the last couple of years. And I know Dave has been to a few. Right, Dave? Uh,
3: well, the Jazz Safari, I uh, I think it's a, uh, oh, okay. uh, yeah, a... Yeah, there's remarkable. a
0: lot of charities to talk about, but the, but that crazy Jazz Safari is it's, one of my favorite things. But it's a,
3: it's a remarkable concept because, I mean, like, I I do enjoy uh, jazz music, but, I mean, uh, I know a couple of places in Toronto where you can go, but... But I mean, but you, you have I, a bus. I put them on a
0: bus. I take ten couples, uh, well, or don't be couple couples, but twenty people on a bus. I take right. them to five clubs in one night. I know exactly when the band's hitting the stage. We show up just as they're getting on stage. See a forty-minute set. Shake their hands. Take a few pictures. Go to the next club. What a great idea! We do that five times. Uh, they donate five hundred dollars. And uh, they get a tax receipt for the full amount.
3: See, I tried it to. Was, yeah, I tried to do the similar thing with rubbing tugs, and then <laughs> you yeah. But well, the third or fourth it was sore
0: too. Unless you got yeah. someone really good doing the tugging, it's probably not a good thing to yeah. do. Yeah, it
3: just turns more into rubbing after a little while. This, <laughs> this
0: got so popular now. Uh, we we took uh, people to New York, yeah. and then it's like the, instead of five hundred dollar donation, it's a five thousand dollar donation. Right. So taking people to New York, Chicago, New Orleans, Havana, wow. uh, Monterey Jazz Festival. So, I'm just starting to take it everywhere now. I, wow. I'm looking forward to getting people to Paris. That'll be my. Uh, and if people are interested, because
4: now wow. they've heard us, where do they go if they want to even try to buy a ticket or the, or the
0: easiest thing to do is to go to uh, www.jazz.fm and okay. it'll be there. And I'm going to have, I'm just developing a new website for jamesb.com. So, there'll be a lot of information about all my projects there. But uh, it was so embarrassingly outdated, I just took it offline for a right. while. And I've been working hard on. <laughs> a bonsai Suzuki. So yeah, yep. that's been my passion lately. And a bonsai, spelt with a Z, yes. Suzuki, like David. Right. right? Who, who does not love a bonsai tree or David Suzuki? Of course, mm-hmm. yeah. Now, you could also charge on a motorcycle and go, bonsai Suzuki! But <laughs> yeah. that's not what I mean. No. Um, anyway, we're doing really fun videos on YouTube. We're having a riot playing selected gigs. But mostly it's about making ridiculous music and... Uh, And uh, making videos.
3: Now, I I know we don't have a a lot more time left, but one of the albums that I am constantly uh, recommending to people is your uh, Deep Lounge Coalition,
0: uh, the Suburban album. the Suburban album. Well, the Deep Lounge Coalition was a one-time project, which kind of became Bonsai Suzuki, because it's almost all the same band members. Um, And uh, with Dave Howard, we put this one together, and it's really, really honky versions of urban rap songs.
3: Now, now, what's the, the lounge scene in the United States compared to... Well, I mean, I know it's 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 bigger in the States. But... Everything
0: Everything's bigger, but everything's still a, a, a microcosm in the grand scheme of things. Like, the lounge thing's big. The heyday there was the late 90s on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. The great thing about Toronto and New York, and to a lesser extent Montreal, is that we never had the I'm going to wear polyester and smoke a big cigar and be ironic. right? The, the scene here was always a little more true. Yeah. So if you go to Dover Courthouse, you still see kids in jeans and t-shirts throwing each other up in the air and dancing around and drinking cocktails. Yeah. So there still is a scene here. It's just gone underground where it's always been right. instead of in people's faces for a few years. There was about five or six years there where it was everywhere. So this record did well on Morning Radio, the Deep Lounge Coalition, but it wasn't... Uh, it was no golden chart topper. I think uh, my favorite thing about these records is I hear back from the artists. Right. This- so Wu-Tang Clan laughed their ass I off I right. heard You have Wu-Tang
1: Clan, Gravel Pit on here. You have Get Your Free Crown by Missy Elliott, Southern Hospitality Lut- by and Juice. Sorry, you remember uh,
0: uh, Mark Daly, City TV everywhere. Of course, yeah. Really? Well, he, he's doing rap on one of those. Steve Anthony and uh, Peter Kent, who's now a liberal uh, right. politician. Yep. <laughs> 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 so all these guys. Uh, I'm sorry, conservative insane. politician. I'm yeah, sure he I was going to use a yeah. PC dude. But uh, the uh,
3: now, now one of the things about this album is it's like it's, it's hip-hop artists' songs, and it's done to lounge music. But and then By is, white
0: people that are really, really not at all rappers. But yeah. it,
3: it is the, one of the, the greatest versions of uh, it's uh, Miss Jackson. Oh, the, I uh, love that I song. love that one, too. Hey, it, I must say
0: that's a favorite. That is a favorite We could amount. probably play 30 seconds of that, and people would get it immediately. <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah, but uh, I, I just, it, oh, I'm trying to, it, and it's like, I'm sorry. Miss Jackson almost that almost, uh, like the monster the guy that does the monster mash yes yeah, a
0: little Boris Karloff Bob, Bob, Bobby Pickett yes exactly uh-huh. And
3: then, it, but also it's a great album because you actually get to hear what all the lyrics are to some of these hip hop albums believe me that was
0: the hardest part I had to reach the actual bands through their labels right. because you cannot trust lyrics on the internet I laughed my ass off when I compared what I found on the internet right. that offers to sell you a ringtone or whatever those sites yeah. and then you actually see what the band wrote and you realize wow half of their Lyrics are completely misunderstood.
3: Now, the—yeah, uh, w- I was, I was going to say, one of the things that you get to hear all the uh, the, the lyrics properly. But then there's uh, some of the albums where they, they use the N—like, some of those songs where they use the N-word on it. Right. And you chose not to
0: oh, do Oh, actually, that. the label in California thought it would be really funny if we kept it as is and right. read it verbatim. And I said, I don't know what your, you guys do down there, but up here we don't actually— use derogatory names for each other, especially the N-word, right? Right. So unless you're, you know, again, Gilbert Godfrey doing stand-up, you you probably shouldn't do that. So... Everything was like, "Hey fellas, listen to this." I kind of you...
1: like that too, though a little bit. Well, it
0: sure it made it feel more genuine to us. Right. I
1: like changing the n word to fellas.
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: My fella. Yeah.
0: Well, it also it's like because it's
3: such happy. Fella, please. Yeah, <laughs> it's such happy and fun, spirited music that I think if you actually did use the word nigger in it, then it would be like, "Ooh, why didn't you have to?" That, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. The cringe, of...
0: the cringe yeah. thing. And, Whereas I did do one record with the World Jelly Orchestra. We did uh, Alanis Morissette's. Song, and I was happy to have two boys and two girls in paisley, little pastel super gay good I mean good gay here not bad gay good (laughs) gay outfits Uh, and they were singing together and they were singing are you thinking of me when you fuck her and it was very (laughs) sweet and Lawrence Welk like and I totally loved it and I would not change it
4: that's awesome one one thing I wanted to ask you about because I've seen both of you guys together for so long Uh, you've worked so long with the great Bob Scott yes with uh, multiple uh, CDs and I finally learned to stop
0: pulling his finger it took me years to figure that out you know you're in a band too long when you know someone farts and you know exactly who it was that cut the cheese that is in that band you can
1: smell their brand you
0: should just it's usually just i know i got guilty of that on the way up here (laughs) in the car but yeah great bob scott i uh i remember he gave me a demo tape we moved into the same apartment building in the early 80s and he gave me his demo and i gave it back to him i said yeah it's pretty good a lot of drum tracks though (laughs) And, and and he says he says well why don't you come out and see the band and He didn't correct me. He just said, "Come out and see the band." <laughs> so I went to see his band, and all those drum tracks was live. Well, I couldn't believe the guy the first time I saw him. Right. So twenty five years later, we're still uh, making crazy music.
3: Well, you told me that like the first time that you see the great Bob Scott, it's like you know the when you found out uh, you know Princess Di was killed or Kennedy was shot, you remember where you were the first time that you saw him. Yes,
0: I was at Hot Lips. On Young Street, which was across from Gasworks.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow, that did, that that does go way back. Gasworks. <laughs> yeah, the uh, now I where uh, mullets ruled. Uh-huh. Now I i I think I the first time I saw uh, the great Bob Scott was uh, backing up uh, Sean Cullen's band at a, uh, a show with the Drake or something like that, which is pretty, fairly Well, recent, Bob but. is
0: another guy who is, uh, I mean, this is something that we always loved anyway. We always loved comedy. We did a lot of comedy in Europe mm-hmm. uh, where we would just go on the street with a bag of toys and a little percussion and we would just riff and do incredibly weird things and make a ton of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, we could make... You know, four hundred bucks in an hour or two, and that would be our night for partying and getting a hotel. Yeah. And they were like, life was simple, you know. And we did actually live there. We were trying to record the an album and do some touring. But any time off, we'd go to Zurich and just uh, perform, and on perform on the Niederdorf yeah. and make make a ton of money. I know so
4: many people always say, you know, about the street performing. People may look down on it, but the money that you make is so
0: unbelievable. I have one friend who uh, I won't name in case there's certain people listening, but I right. tell you, he's worried about the tax man. Of he's course. traveling all over the world, and he goes, "I need to figure out where." to invest or what to do it's not that he wants to lie yeah. it's just different denominations dom- in so many countries and he's always traveling and so he just leaves kind of leaves money around
4: and will the tax man really even believe you made it that way oh, all of a sudden you got all this cash uh, oh, i'm a street performer I'm i have sure a horror you
0: story you know i tried i had to explain to the tax man how i could make over a hundred thousand dollars one year and like 40 the next right yeah. yeah. and i had to explain this was years ago and i had to explain to him that money was for me to make two full albums, big budget albums, and I didn't. I wasn't smart enough to form a company, right? Right. So right. I had to show them all the stuff, and finally, it was all okay when I was done. But you're trying to explain to somebody who has a normal job what it's like to be an artist, a comedian, a street performer. Mm-hmm. There's a whole bunch of stuff that they weren't taught. Just like we weren't taught how to go make money. Um, There's a lot of stuff they were taught that they just can't relate. Exactly. So
4: uh, we don't have too much time left, but in terms of the next couple months, like from February on, what's going on? Uh, So you got Bonsai, Suzuki. Are you doing shows? Is that what the plan is? Yeah,
0: we're going to do a couple of little shows uh, at the Painted Lady. We just love the room. I love that place. It's at and Dundas, owned by a guy from New Orleans, and you can tell it's warm and cozy. Beautiful in there. It's killer PA, so we like to party in that room. And we're just going to do a couple of little shows. We never... We never even planned on playing in Toronto. What we wanted to do is make videos, and we wanted our first big gigs to be in Japan. Bonsai mm-hmm. okay. Suzuki. Of yep. course. Figured, yep. you know, if we sure. name ourselves that, maybe we can go there. But uh, Massey Hall beckoned, and then we're, we're either going to do big shows or tiny, where we we'll would do a few songs with a major act, or tiny little shows where we do whatever the hell we want all night long. So that's the main plan. I also have my birthday coming up in April. Oh, and I wow. always do a huge What's event. What's your birthday? April 13th. Um, that's Friday the 13th that's this That's wicked. Year. We're so,
1: Aries together on April 5th. Oh, ah, nice. Well, us. I'm either
0: going to be at Palais Royal or the King Edward Hotel. I'm just figuring out which room is going to be better. Right. But uh, there'll be a big party there with a live concert, and I never charge a cover. I always make everything free at my parties. Um, and, and then I guess the big deal is I'm finishing my memoirs and I need the book to be done by about May because it needs to come out this time next year. Right. And so I've been working on that for a long, long time. And I'm just trying to. Who knows who will edit it with me? I have to wait and see. But for now, it's the. Some of the stories are pretty raunchy, and I'm That's trying to. Waiting. figure out. What I'm to do. excited for this <laughs> yeah. book. That's uh. Well, I want to
3: uh, uh, thank you uh, so much for uh, coming Absolutely. down. Absolutely. And uh, in the future, we are going to. Thank you, thank, thank you very much. <laughs> well, 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 thank you very much. Uh, now we're gonna we're gonna play some uh, tracks off uh, Bonsai Suzuki yep. and the uh, the uh, the Suburban record uh, in, in future episodes.
0: Good. Well, I do want to I do want to leave you with a quote from 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 my song Awkward. Okay, okay. which yes. is
4: track number eleven, which we are gonna play. Good.
0: Yeah. When you go to the gym and find out you're not well hung, awkward. That's awkward. Right. <laughs> when you go to kiss your kiss your granny and she slips you the tongue awkward that's sometimes awkward <laughs> like sometimes yeah. sometimes sometimes you yeah. got it that Depends was the what joke. your family is i guess <laughs> your family lineages
1: i'm on the ball hey you know
0: right. i date girls 20 years younger than me and my brother and sister married people 20 years older than them so i think i missed a family orgy <laughs> <laughs> i think i think my granny didn't kiss me the way she kissed the others when they went to bed that's
4: well amazing. thanks james b for coming in we really appreciate it and when you're uh, when your uh, website goes back online, jamesb.com is probably the best way to get a hold of you. What Ab- you say?
0: Absolutely. And folks, don't forget, 2012, the Mayans are wrong. What they meant is it's year of the kazoo.
2: Nice. Right, exactly. <laughs> I can feel the vibration. Get ready to try and shower the filth off. This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost, Dave Martin, and Kathleen McGee.
3: Hi, this is Dean Stockwell, and you're listening to Anything Goes with Darren Frost on Laugh Attack XM Radio.
2: Guess which host has to start their car with a breathalyzer? This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost, Dave Martin, and Kathleen McGee.
4: Alright, we're back from the break, and uh, in our first segment we were talking about jobs and being fired and, and all that kind of thing, and, and comics being asked to do things when they don't want to do it. There's a good reason why a comic knows what they can do, and that's why I don't do 40th birthday parties anymore, because that's the worst situation. It's too much stress for me. It's someone's important date on their calendar. They're always going to remember the you know the 40th you know birthday, and every time the guy whose 40th birthday is, they love me, but their family does not find me funny. The number of times I fucking bombed in front of yeah. one guy guy laughing me doing my rape jokes or my fucking horrible edgy jokes and he's loving it and grandma's almost having a heart attack that's why i'm like i don't do fucking 40th birthday parties anymore Not i don't do own. 50th i don't do any of them I no special occasion like that
1: i don't do friends parties ever because yeah. i even i got asked to do like some jokes at my 10-year high school reunion i'm like are you kidding me
4: yeah no yeah no 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 no, Ew. it's like it's, it's, it's like when you're sick. It's like when you're calling an agent, and you tell them you're sick, and they're like, "Are you sure you can't do it?" Look, I'm telling you, I can't do this gig. Yeah. Trust me, I know what I can and cannot do. And it's the worst feeling is being sick on stage or about to be sick. It's just a terrible thing because you can't just run off stage and come back and act like nothing happened. Comments have done that, but uh, yeah, I was I had a, when I was in Ajax
1: a couple of weeks ago. We went and ate. Thai food in between the shows, and it didn't agree with me. Yeah, and I was like, I said to Don Perret, who was uh, who was the middle act I was hosting, and I said, listen. I don't know if I'm gonna puke or Horowitz myself, and right, Larry, that's a that's a Canadian. That's stand-up. a Canadian setup
4: term because a comic named Larry Horowitz shit himself on, on, stage, stage. on stage once. He thought it was a fart, and it was. It was a diarrhea. <laughs> he ate
3: well, way we, too much fucking Caesar salad. We, and, we can't tell the whole story about the uh, the Horowitz thing on stage. We don't stage. Even no. need to. But no, like, but, if, but if someone if someone uh, emails us, then we will tell the
4: entire yeah. story. Yeah, Dave really wants to tell the entire story, it's so funny, please it's legendary. email him. He'll even record it as an MP3 and send it to you. So it's got all that yeah. Dave awkward. <laughs> In it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so,
1: I, so you I almost shit
4: yourself. Which almost, happens to
1: everyone. Can I? I don't want to say it. on. I, this is embarrassing. Come this on, it's your last show. Open up. I just, the there's music that starts and it's the Hey Ho Let's Go song. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it started and I'm like, I go to the bathroom and I did do I horror what's in the toilet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I was like, I gotta do this so fast because I gotta go on stage. It yeah, because you awful. know the timing. Awful. You know the
4: song's about to end. You gotta be on stage. You're the it host. Was really bad, but yep. yeah,
1: I didn't get sick. But I did meet a comic uh, in Ottawa this weekend who did vomit on stage. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that. And I like his name is Alex Wood, and I'm gonna out him. And I think it's hilarious because he uh, he said that he was getting over the flu, but he thought he was okay. He went up on stage. And he was hosting, and he was in the middle of the intros, and then all of a sudden he was like, uh, uh, something's weird, and then he puked into his beer a little bit and then two of the other comics saw what was happening so they brought a a garbage can on stage and he's like oh guys no i'm okay i'm not gonna (laughs) need he puked into the garbage can and he said people in the crowd were just like in shock but they kind of loved it at the same time and everyone thought it was nerves he was like no i had the flu and but I've that's I've never seen anyone puke on stage. I had a woman fill a pitcher with puke while I was on stage. Mm-hmm. It wasn't my jokes; it was her drunkenness. But ugh, it was so disgusting.
3: I, I don't know if I would go on with the show or if I just saw someone I on couldn't. stage puking.
1: I oh go on with the show or
3: no? If I was on, on stage, stage and there was a woman filling oh. up a pitcher with I was, vomit,
1: well, I was trying to be as discreet as possible. I didn't want to draw attention. The show must to go it. on. Freddie Mercury but, said it. But I got because I my number one fear in life is vomit. Yeah, I remember
4: you saying that. Yeah, like
1: I if. Like, me vomiting, I'll... I tried to
4: show you that zit video, and you're almost like... I started
1: crying. I can't handle vomit around me, and I can't handle myself getting sick, and that was, like, scary for me, because this woman was... And I didn't know what to do, and I didn't want to look, but I... I, I couldn't remember my jokes, and, I would, and then all of a sudden I'm like, can someone get the puking lady out of here? <laughs> Please, someone get the puking lady out of here. And
4: someone's like, what's that code for?
1: Yeah, so, so, yeah exactly. So, so
3: if you're about to vomit, do you close your eyes because you don't want to see the vomit? You just want to open them and then, oh. oh Honestly, if vom- I'm about to vomit,
1: there? I hyperventilate. Right. I freak out. I get very, I know, you know that feeling when your mouth well, I gets on watery. Eve, that one and... time when
4: you got really fucked Fuck up. Fuck you. I really <laughs> fucked up. And And then you're you're puking. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I did puke a
1: lot. Yeah, yeah. That was fun. That was my worst hangover ever. Never chug (laughs) bottles of champagne and let Darren Frost film you showing your panties (laughs) to the entire room. (laughs) That was an amazing New Year's. You know what's funny is I I told that story, and I was in an article in in the Edmonton Journal, not this Christmas, but the year before that, and uh, they asked me what a a good New Year's story, and I told them about flashing my panties to everyone. So my grandma, I went over to my grandma's house. She goes, I saw your article. We're so proud of you, but why did you have to mention your panties?
4: (laughs) (laughs) Nana, don't play my DVD if I ever make it. Yeah, I know. I know. My poor grandmother.
1: She loves me, but, like, she knows what I do, and she's not a fan of it. Yeah.
4: But she loves me, so that's all that matters, right? It's like my wife's aunt who said to her, uh, my wife, right after seeing me, he's not the one for you. (laughs) He's not the one for you. That's terrible. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh my yep. God. The fucking gold? I remember that every time I see her. He's not the one for you.
3: There's been a couple of times where I've been like just about to go on stage and i you know, I've, I've, I'll fart a couple of times. Sure. But not like that some pre-show that's some pre show ritual what's... or something. Like, well, what? No, no, no. Well, Why I'm not are you single? A, I'm, well, I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> the, uh,. There's been a couple, th- but like you know, you feel gas there, and I'm not gonna fart on stage. Right. But then there's been a couple times where it's like fart, fart, and then I'm like, okay, "This is just that's- a
1: service message. Do not let, do not sit near the stage Did entrance. You just say fart, fart, like in a
4: row, like <laughs> yes. It's, it's do an not extra sit- big
1: fart, like do not sit near the stage uh, when wow. Dave Martin's about to go on because you will have gas wow. circulating.
4: <laughs> You'll, You'll have film fucking Contagion two in the comedy club. <laughs> You'll have fart farts all around. Fart, you. fart." <laughs> You need your little voice box your little the box with the noises you know what you know
3: you know the funniest part about our uh, the James B interview that we did what? I thought it was hilarious that because he had one of those uh, sound yeah, effects yeah, yeah, machines yeah, with yeah, him. yeah and I just I thought it was so funny that he actually had to take off his he had to take out his reading glasses to look <laughs> at <laughs> what it? to look at what button was the fart button <laughs> on his thing I just thought that was like what weight of like the immature uh, man-child inside of James <laughs> B battling with the the, old the, man the, the old man deteriorating eyesight yeah. And he's like, oh, let me get out my reading glasses so I can see
4: what button makes the fart sound. The fart fart noise. Well, um, this is uh, Kathleen's last show. She is officially moving to uh, Los Angeles at the beginning of February and being January 30th. Or this end the of February, because I'm touring. February. But, but yeah, you're touring across Canada, but you won't be in Toronto
1: I won't again, be in so. Toronto anymore. So this is
4: the end of your little road with XM and anything goes. But I'm
1: going to call in still sometimes yeah, no, for
4: sure. to check in with you guys. Yep. You're going to miss the fart farts. you're going to miss the fart farts. And, gonna the, miss the fart fart. and Dave's awkwardness. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. And Dave. me yelling, we got to go, we got to go. Exactly. It's been, uh, this has been the funnest show ever, and I'm yeah. sad that I'm going. But I promise I'll always come back when I'm in Toronto. I'll, I'm going to force them to let me come back, even if they have a new bitch in this chair. Yep. I don't give a fuck new who she is. New bitch in this chair. Oh, I don't I give a, a fuck throw who down. she is. That's a throwdown. A new bitch in a chair. Yeah. <laughs> remember, the la- remember when you made that one thing about a joke, a joke that replacing you wanted to I got replace got like me?
4: five messages from six. Yeah, I want
1: to know which bitches. I'm not you. It. I'm
4: And if not you're listening
1: it. to this, bitches, fuck you. Yeah. Nothing can replace kids, Kathleen. Kat <laughs> I'll, I'll
4: do it. I'll do it. I'm like, don't you get hilarious. it? That's hilarious. It was a joke.
1: It was a joke. I know. I'm sad to go. And then they're like, oh, I know. I was just kidding. Oh. oh. I was just kidding. I have some fun shows coming up, too, and I'm. Because I'll be in Halifax uh, the first weekend of February, yep. co-featuring with uh, past guest Kyle Radke. Okay, that's cool. That's going to be fun. And then the weekend after that, I'm part of the Hubcap Comedy Festival in Moncton, New Brunswick. Moncton? Okay. So I'm very excited about that. And then uh, and then I'm off to California to see if uh, I can be funny down there. And they accept me. Please accept me.
4: For who you are.
1: For who I am. And what you want to be. And what I want to be. Dirty, filthy. Let me be filthy. Well, they're not going to let me be that filthy, but right. we'll see.
4: Well, uh, that is the end of this week's show. It's our last show with Kathleen, so we do want a big uh, thank you to uh, Kathleen for putting up with mine and uh, Dave's uh, antics the last year I love year you, and boys. And you will
3: never be replaced, sweetheart. No. Aw, no.
4: thank maybe, you. Maybe, don't make me cry. Maybe with, you know... I don't know, some angrier dude. <laughs> Too bad you couldn't think
3: of some way to insult me in that last sort of, you know, we'll replace a
4: oh. oh, generic Dave insult, generic Dave put
3: down near the end of that. Oh, you to guys you, need therapy. <laughs> joke.
4: Oh, hey, oh, oh <laughs> I better put my
1: glasses on. Ho, oh, ho, hey, oh. ho. I feel, I'm the referee between you two and oh, I'm going to miss That's you guys. Thing. This is we scary. We got to put that
4: out there. We need a referee in well, a re- bitch well, form. Rebecca Kohler will
3: be here uh, Co-hosting, for the, yep. the, the, the two middle weeks. Uh, of February yep. and then Christina Walkinshaw your friend oh
1: I love both of those both of those girls are All my right. friends yeah. I mean they're not quite as bitchy as me but uh, they're going to be awesome well it'll
3: be a different vibe to the I'm show. very
1: happy that those girls are coming in Christina yeah.
3: Walkinshaw will be here when we interview Jay Brown and when we interview uh, John Wing uh, Jr. Yep. is he not yep. called yep. anymore yes. But yes. John Wing at the uh, end of February and then uh, we have uh, Rebecca Kohler for is uh, the sandwich is sandwich in between those
4: two weeks. it'll be good it'll be yeah. good it'll be so uh, that is the end of the show uh, uh, and uh, I call this Anything Goes 2.0, as this is our second wave of shows. But really now it's going to be 3.0 because Kathleen is gone. So, Version uh, 3. That's right. Follow three. me on Twitter and tell me how much you miss me because I right. I need Yes. Follow her on Twitter. Your Twitter handle is Kathleen underscore McGee. That's right. And mine is Comedy Whore and Dave Martin. It
3: is Dave Martin World.
4: And anything goes ha. That's anything right. Goes anything ha. Goes, Check anything that out. goes ha is the the show Twitter feed. And uh we wanna say a special thank you to uh Various people at XM Radio for letting us do our show. Um, Of course, Victoria, our main producer here, and Paul, who's been putting the show together. And our new person putting the show together, Frank, is doing a great job for us. So I want to give them a shout-out, and uh, that's it, really.
3: Join our Facebook group and uh, uh, type in Anything Goes on XM on iTunes, and you can listen to some of our past shows. Uh, great! We have some
4: great shows in the in the bank there, from Mark Marin to Ron James to Mike Wilmot, Anthony Jeselnik, Bobcat Goldthwait. You guys did a great one when I wasn't wasn't around. So uh, please uh, check us out because we love uh, any kind of feedback or input. Uh, you can email us. Uh, check the website for all that stuff and the links. And that's it. So uh, thanks until next you. week.
0: And check and it out. Kathleen.
1: I'll be back eventually. I always come back.
4: Yeah, oh, we didn't. Get,
3: we never got to your Brazilian.
1: Oh, I guess that'll next mean, time.
3: Next time. time.
1: <laughs> I
2: smile and wave.